for reaction. A very good afternoon to you, Mr. Godwin. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Um, I'd imagine that uh, the governing party is happy with the interministerial task team's decision. We welcome that bold decision taken by the ministerial task team. Obviously, in the first place, the decision itself was unfathomable. It was lugubrious. The only correct thing to have been done, even from the beginning, is what the, the ministerial task team says. In the first instance, such a decision should not have been taken. And I think it's good that finally uh, that decision has now been rescinded according to the directions given by the National Executive Leadership of the African National Congress. So we welcome indeed to happy. But having said that, uh, Mr. Goto, and I'm just taking from the uh, sound clips that you've heard there from our reporter, the minister saying that she has instructed uh, the board to rescind the decision. And yet this is the very same minister who said not only is she uh, supporting the decision, but she believes that it's a better value proposition for the South African fiscus. The question then becomes, what is the ANC going to do about this? Well, on record, common cause, I was speaking on the very same platform after she made and embraced the decision of the board of directors of ESCOM, where I said we disagree mm. uh, with the minister's view in relation to that she embraced. It's a wrong decision. It was reckless, dangerous, irrational, unlawful. And I think the fact that it has now been reversed for us, I think it was a corrective measure enough to correct uh, the decision taken by the minister. The point we always make is that particularly those who are deployed in government, whatever decisions we take, those decisions must be in terms, because we are law-based society. Whatever we do, the decision must be based on law, must be based on, on, on constitutional ground. So that at the end of the day, we do not blame the court for judicial overreach, and yet it's ourselves who are inviting courts because we take decisions that are unlawful. It is in that regard that our immediate reaction, although we do not know about, we learned about it, this pronouncement in the media, like everybody, we, we could see from uh, instantly that there's some, everything wrong with this decision because any court would actually find this decision unlawful. So we'll always make, and we hope our deployees would, among others, learn from this uh, experience. Hmm. I take from you and your speaking of the lugubriousness of this decision, don't you think people would then ask for the party to demand some kind, some kind of accountability from your deployee? She, after all, when she appeared before the parliamentary committee, cited legislation which uh, prevented her from being party to this decision to begin with. Then she went on to support it. And even after the ANC had spoken to her, saying that uh, it wants her to review the decision, she said she had absolutely no cause to. We'll continue to monitor our deployees. And I think we learn along the way, and some of them, of course, we, we are perfectly imperfect as human beings. We, 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 we may seem to be perfect, but as we do so, we are imperfect. And we'll continue to make mistakes. I don't think necessarily after one mistake is done, and therefore we must be so punitive that everybody must think about changing our deployees. And I think there's a lesson to be learned from this. One of the lessons, among others, for example, is that when you have to take a major decision that has got far-reaching political implications, you must at least inform the party. There are certain recent incidents that have happened within government because 80% of our time 
we're dealing with governance issues, which for us shouldn't be the issue because we've got people who are deployed, best developed and tried tested leaders who understand both the party and so on. And therefore, before they take such decisions, where they might have political implications that affect the party, they must at least capaciously inform the party. And in this regard, we think that uh, it was the correct thing to do the, by the interministerial task team. And therefore, there are those that I think they will continue to learn because, like I say, our deployees are perfectly imperfect. We'll hopefully have more time with you, Mr. Godra, to interrogate this uh, issue further because I still do believe that there are more questions I, I would like to ask you, but unfortunately we've run out of time. Thank you very much for speaking to us. The ANC National Spokesperson, Zizi Godra, on the line now to Independent Energy Analyst, Chris Yelland. A very good uh, afternoon to you, and thank you so much for speaking to us, Mr. Yelland. You've been listening to Mr. Godra saying the last part, saying that their employees are uh, perfectly imperfect, uh, referring to the issue of accountability. And uh, this then for me begs the question, who must be held responsible for endorsing such decisions? Well, uh, shall I say that I don't think uh, the Minister of Public Enterprises, um, the Eskom Board or Mr. Malefi himself have covered themselves in glory in this matter, to say the very least. And uh, and really, uh, people should be held accountable. Um, in fact, <coughs> Mr. Malefi did the right thing in November, uh, and it was a rare thing uh, to stand down uh, in the face of a damning um, public protector report uh, to clear his name and in the interests of, of, of Eskom and, and the country. Uh, that was the right thing to do. Um, and I must say it was very surprising and um, disappointing uh, uh, and, in fact, shocking uh, to, for him to come back uh, without having cleared his name um, and reverse, uh, you, you know, a, a step that he took, which I think he could be commended for. And that's not to comment on whether he was guilty or not of anything, uh, but uh, it is rare when there are scandals uh, for for. Uh, for people in high power to actually step down and do the right thing uh, and, and, and clear their name. Mm. Uh, and, and, but ultimately, it was a, you know, this whole matter came out when an article was published in the Sunday Times about a 30 million rand pension payout, all about the money. And that's when the minister uh, asked some questions and put her nose into the matter and opened up a uh, hornet's nest. Um, but certainly the board who accepted and reappointed uh, uh, Mr. Malefi and then informed the minister uh, did the wrong thing. Uh, and the minister herself, in accepting that, did the wrong thing. Uh, and I think uh, there are some serious breaches of governance and there should be accountability. Mm. Now, just on the practicalities or logistics of how to rescind this decision. I heard, I think it was the Justice Minister saying that this will no longer, this will not be a retrenchment. I mean, this will be more of a retrenchment and not somebody who is retired. And there was also talk of uh, this whole mess, and I was saying inverted commas, being really done in good faith. Can it be in good faith, eh? And uh, what what are the practicalities if we're not saying that he is being retrenched and not retired? Yeah, I'm not sure that retrenched uh, is the right thing at all. 
Um, I, I did hear the Minister say, uh, 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 that's the Minister of Justice, say that he had retired. Uh, they, uh, they, I think uh, they accept that he retired because uh, he said he was stepping down. Uh, sorry, not retired. He resigned. Yes. Uh, he resigned uh, at the time. Uh, and, and I think this was, will be and should be treated as a resignation. Um, and uh, that his resignation will be effectively accepted. Uh, and, um, well, one has to wonder what his future will be. Uh, the Minister of Public Enterprise uh, said, sorry, the Minister of Finance said that they felt that he still had uh, many skills that could be used. Uh, so it gives the impression that he may be redeployed uh, somewhere else, uh, although the Minister of Finance said that no specific decision in this regard had been made. Uh, so I think we can see that the, the board is going to uh, be instructed. It has been instructed to rescind this reappointment. The board will then uh, do this formality. Uh, and the minister has also said that, uh, has asked the board to propose two possible uh, persons to uh, uh, fill the position as an acting CEO. Interestingly enough, there is another acting CEO who is currently uh, been suspended or put on leave, uh, you know, pending the outcome of uh, the Chris Decker-Hoffmeyer report. Uh, and, and it's really interesting for me to know, you, you know, how you can appoint uh, an acting CEO when there is another acting CEO already there who is under, on suspension. So well, what will happen there, I'm not quite sure. Hmm. And just very quickly, uh, very, very briefly, Mr. Yelland, there's talk of possible uh, brownouts or, uh, you know, power interruption. Mm. Is this going to be widespread given the current situation? Well, I must say I find uh, that statement uh, by the chairman of Eskom uh, quite bizarre. Uh, I've got a press uh, report in front of me published on Independent Online where Eskom proudly say that there will be no load shedding this winter. That is only a week ago. Uh, and to hear yesterday, uh, you know, the, the, the veiled threat that there will be uh, load shedding uh, if... Uh, Eskom has not given its way to use emergency uh, procurement procedures to buy coal without going out to tender. Uh, yet the point is we've been told for a long time that there is no emergency anymore at Eskom. Uh, therefore, there is no need to invoke emergency coal procurement procedures. They need to procure properly, uh, you know, in terms of, of the Public Finance Management Act uh, and the Treasury uh, requirements for procurement uh, by, by state bodies, uh, and, and, and I find it quite bizarre that we should see this uh, veiled threat, uh, and I honestly don't take it too seriously.